0: Welcome to the Faith Bible Church Theology Podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to the Faith Bible Church Theology Podcast. I'm Daniel Nunez, and tonight I have the privilege of being next to Jake Dietrich and Danny Salcido. So tonight we are going to be talking about uh, a adoration of God, and uh, just by way of review, we're walking through our philosophy of ministry. Um, And we sum it up with the acronym Herald, Uh, not the guy Herald, but Herald as in heralding the gospel, which happens to be our H. Uh, The H is heralding the gospel, that we all have a responsibility to preach and to proclaim the gospel as we go through life um, as, as a church and also as members of a church as we go through um, our lives to preach and proclaim the gospel he is equipping the saints that uh, we as a church exist for the purposes of equipping the saints So that they might carry out the work of the ministry uh, so that we might all be functioning as one body uh, So that we can grow up in the love of God uh, R is reconciling relationships uh, We want to see uh, God reconcile uh, our relationships first and foremost to himself uh, through his son and then also reconciling relationships um, and our horizontal relationships, our relationships to our wife and to our kids and to our coworkers, our neighbors. Uh, and then A is the adoration of God, uh, which we'll be talking about tonight. L is the loving of the church, uh, that we love the church because Christ loved the church and that he sent, um, He came to dive for the church, to purchase the church to himself. And then D is discipleship in community, how we grow as Christians. Uh, we grow as we seek to Uh, sharpen one another as we seek to disciple one another to pray and encourage one another in community. So tonight we're going to be talking about adoration of God and uh, I just want to ask you guys uh, what does that mean to you guys? Good. Someone else? I think it's interesting.
1: I'm just thinking is anyone going to listen to this at night? Do people listen to podcasts at night?
0: We're doing it at night. You're
1: just being honest about when we're
0: doing it. Yeah. It just feels like we're kind of sitting around a table, warm fire, discussing Mm. theology at night. It's nice. (laughs) It's nice. I would like to spend more time. It's a nice picture in my mind.
2: Yeah,
1: it is. There's no fire, but (laughs) everything else is
0: pretty true. Um, So what does it mean to adore God? Well,
2: the first... What does scripture say?
1: I think... Jesus answers the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, with all your soul, with all your strength. And so I think in that, uh, adoration is in one, the not just like loving in the affections, but loving in all of life, doing everything for God, um, for God's glory, for Him to be praised.
2: I would uh, add to that that adoration would be, uh, you know, worship, deep love, respect, genuine devotion, a sense of awe, mm-hmm. and um, that should bleed over to in all areas of our lives. Yeah. So there's a, a public element when we gather together, corporate element. We gather together and we love God together by. Singing praise by worshiping together, by praying together, partaking of communion, sitting around the word, um, um, and then there's also that private devotion, that private our our, our quiet time, um, that should also be our acts of um, adoration and, and worship to God, which should be uh, present in the life of the Christian.
1: Yeah, because not just during your quiet time, but like when you're done praying. And you're working at someone's home or working in an office, that adoration should still affect everything you're doing. You
2: Absolutely, know? it's like undistracted allegiance. So we yeah. love Christ above everybody else, and we submit to His lordship and His rule over our lives and in every area of our life. With at work, at home, mm. with your neighbors, as you're driving. So yeah, it never ends. Mm-hmm. Well, it shouldn't. I think it is a.
1: There is a presence of God. Um, God is omniscient, you know, or omnipresent. He's always present. Um, he's also omniscient, but he's omnipresent. Mm-hmm. Um, but there does tend to be times where uh, God feels more present to us. Uh, but those aren't the times where we should only live to praise Him, you know, and I was thinking as you were saying that. I think you personally, as you're responsible for a lot of the way we do uh, music and praise um, and song selection and and things like that, um, I know, um, I assume even without having asked you a lot before, you have very particular ways you do that for the purpose of us um, not just singing, but singing in a way that proclaims the adoration of God. What are things you think about? Like as you have have led in that and kind of set the ground for us of how we would do that as a church?
2: Um, On a practical level would be filling our minds with the truth of God uh, because that is what we are after for that truth as revealed in Scripture, that that would affect our hearts in such a way that we're just awestruck just by seeing His grace and His mercy and His love and His forbearance, compassion towards rebel sinners and drawing us um, to Himself and that should cause a heart of devotion and, and, and genuine um, praise and, and adoration of God based on the truth that we've been given by Him found in Holy Scripture. So it's what we're singing, what we're reciting together, what we're reading together, what we're affirming together publicly and corporately, um, hopefully a deep um, theological Biblical, doctrinal, and that should be stirring our hearts to just shout in, 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 with joy over the truth that we hear, uh, that we've learned about our God
0: and His character. Yeah,
2: That would be the f- for starters. Yeah.
0: And I think by saying that, Danny, you make a really good point that whenever we adore God, we're always adoring God um, in response to... To what he's done for us um, you know, whether that is in response to the truth we see in the word of God or whether that's in response to as we look out at creation and we're awestruck by the awesome power of God that he's created all these things by a spoken word our worship to him is always in response to what God has done um, and I, I would encourage those who are listening that if, if you feel like I don't love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. I'm not adoring God with everything that I am. It's probably because um, there's nothing tugging at your heart. You're, you're not in the word of God, um, and therefore you're not responding to what God has done. And so I would encourage you to set your mind on the gospel, uh, and to have a personal time where you're actually in God's word, reading God's word, um, because that is what's gonna move you then to adore God. Uh, And not just in your singing, but to adore God in your thoughts, in your will, in your desires, in your affections, to set God first and foremost, to love God with uh, your entire being. And usually when, well,
2: I've seen in in my life when that's not the case is because my heart's divided. Uh, My affections are elsewhere, or I'm trying to love God and love my sin at the same time. And, And... and there shouldn't be room for that. Christ says in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And by pure in heart it's not has nothing to do with our performance, but rather it's talking about a heart that is, does not have a secret compartment, a heart that is divided, a heart that has two different, um, tugging at two different directions. We're all devoted and committed and love God because honestly, we love Him because He first loved us. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I was just thinking uh, because I'm thinking of the prayers of Paul often right now as I'm preaching that in Ephesians, um, in Colossians, he prays similar to what we're going through in Ephesians right now as a church. Um, but I think it is apparent of we often treat greater knowledge of someone, lessons love. Like we even when we talk about in marriage, we're like, oh, just go back to that that first, you know, what drew them to you originally. Mm. Or as Christians, we talk about like, oh, you just go back to the the flame you had for Christ when you were a new believer. So we have this assumption that like an immature affection is where like love and adoration is really rooted. And I, as I read the prayers of Paul, I feel like I must disagree. Like it is not an immature affection where where true affection is rooted, but it is a growing knowledge-filled affection because that's what he constantly prays for the churches. In Colossians, he says, From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And then it proclaims the reality of the gospel. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, Mm -hmm. in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And so he starts by praying for their knowledge, and he prays that they would live in this way, they would have understanding, they would have knowledge, they would walk in light of that knowledge, that it would be fruitful, that it would be pleasing to him, and then ends with that they would increase in that knowledge because that will give them greater strength, greater endurance, greater joy, greater patience, greater thankfulness to the Father who has qualified them by the gospel. For a long time, in my mind as a Christian, it was like knowledge puffs up. So we don't want to know a lot. We don't want to pursue a lot. We don't want to understand a lot because it's going to make us arrogant. And there is a type of knowledge that puffs up. uh, But God is not opposed to us pursuing greater knowledge of him. And pursuing greater knowledge of him is not going to lessen our affection for him because he is perfect. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Where a lot of times on earth, even with imperfect people, like knowing Lauren better does not make me love her less. Mm -hmm. I love Lauren far more now than I did as like a 22-year-old kid that was infatuated with her as she walked down the aisle. Like through, through the reality of who she is, I have a far deeper committed love to her. And I think our love for Christ is the same. It should grow in maturity with knowledge and, and pursuit. And sometimes we separate the idea of knowledge and adoration in a way that we shouldn't. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's exactly what we see Christ doesn't do that, right? Because he says you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. He connects the two. Yeah. He doesn't separate your mind from your heart. Now the two are joined together. I mean, the reality is you can't love something if you don't really know what that something is, right? Right. You can say you love God, but if you can't articulate any reality of who God is and what his will is for your life, then I would question do you truly love him? Right. Um, and it's the same for any relationship, any earthly relationship. It would be foolish to say, I love this girl or I love this guy, but yeah, I don't really know that person. And the more with we get to know who God is and what God has accomplished, and when we say God, I think it's helpful for us to stop and think like, God the Father, that He would purpose and plan to send His Son to be a way of salvation for us. that he, That Christ would come Um, born as a babe and live that life and go to the cross to die on the cross for our sins Uh, and we think of the holy spirit that would seal us for the day of redemption that would lead us and guide us and convict us that would illuminate scripture for us and give us understanding and apply the word of god to our lives like this is the god that we worship the father the son and the holy spirit and the more we understand of of this god the more impacts our hearts and our minds and our wills to want to submit all of ourselves to him and to love him with all our heart mind and soul mm-hmm. so I think there are some things that can definitely hinder us from adoring God um, Danny kind of hit on some of this in your last message um, just in terms of forgiveness but if we are uh, in sin um, and, and particularly I think you said sexual sin um, that can hinder us from adoring God, that can hinder us from hearing from God, um, from being able to be in His Word and applying it to our lives um, if our heart is divided. And so if that is you, uh, we have hope. First um, John nine says that if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so if you find yourself in a position where you don't have a desire to adore God, Um, It could be because your heart's divided. It could be because you're in sin. And that sin needs to be confessed. It needs to be repented of. And so we would encourage you to confess that sin. And then secondly, um, the duty of every Christian is both repentance and faith. And so you repent of that sin. You confess that sin. And then turn to God in faith. And uh, the way you do that is turn into God in prayer. uh, Turn into God through His Word and uh, turning to God through his people um, to uh, look for encouragement and uh, to have people who could speak into your life to admonish you and to exhort you and to be praying for you. Um, and uh, we would just encourage you that to turn to God by faith. And I trust that God in his grace, as you do so, if you repent of that sin and turn to him in faith, will give you both that affection and and that desire to adore Him and to love Him with all your heart, mind, and soul.
1: Yeah. I think He's gracious too, and um, I don't have a passage for it, but I think as you know Christians, part of the reason we feel that like, oh, it's such a fire in the beginning is God is gracious to not put us in situations that would crush us. He puts puts us in situations that mature us. And so He tends to mature younger Christians um, by things that are very compelling to them, uh, helping them to fight the initial battle of sin in ways that they see a lot of victory they're very zealous. Um, And then as you mature as a Christian, as in all relationships, there come times where you are committed because you know He is good. Uh, and it's not your feelings or your affections. that Faith is, Faith should never be devoid of affections, but it should never be dependent on affections.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think in maturing often, you know, I had a professor once that he, he said, like, I love Christ in the same way I love my wife. And that's a mature love um, that I don't necessarily communicate in the same like kind of pet name way that I did when I first met her. But that doesn't change my deep affection for. I communicate my affection far more clearly now than than even I did at the beginning. And I don't think that means you have to give up pet names. Like he was, yeah. uh, he, he was talking about a particular thing. Um, I don't think you should have pet names for God, but <laughs> it, that's a different topic. But I think the the reality of a maturing faith says, I know He's good. I know He's faithful. Uh, he has proven that. Not only in the blaring historical fact of the resurrection, his care for his people, his preservation of the word, he's communicated that to me through his body, through others, mm-hmm. through their function, uh, through the battle in my own heart and his victory in that. That at times where affection fades, I'm not, I, I do not seek to be dependent on the present feeling of affection because I know. My heart is deceitful, mm-hmm. but he remains faithful. And so I pursue despite that. And sometimes we end up in long bouts of lacking affection because we just don't go after it because we we, don't, we believe the lies mm-hmm. rather than the truth of what he's done.
0: I think this is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to have a mature love for God because um, you're right like oftentimes we think of love for God as just something purely emotional and it is at times and and that's not necessarily a bad thing but there's a there's times when you don't necessarily have that emotional love for God but a mature Christian will still say I'm going to adore God because he is worthy I'm still gonna pursue him with all my heart mind and soul and so um, Paul's admonition in Romans 12 is this I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And so this is what it looks like to adore God, is that you present your body as a living sacrifice. And that's not necessarily an emotion or a feeling, that's an action. Like I am submitting myself to God and I'm submitting myself to God out of a desire to adore God, to worship God, because He is worthy. Um, and so, as you, as you were talking about what it looks like for Christians to adore God as they mature, and they're feeling like that zeal, that passion, that fire is not there, um, I, I think you're exactly right. Like a mature question, a Christian would sit and ponder, like, was well, my desire to offer myself to Christ as a living sacrifice because that's what it looks like to adore God.
2: Yeah, and that's where our what we know about God, our theology, or our beliefs, that which we know to be true of God, will sustain us in those moments where we absolutely feel nothing, mm-hmm. like when our hearts are so. What's the word I'm looking here, uh, looking for here? Apathetic. Yes, when we feel nothing and we feel like we're alone and God's not answering my prayer, I don't have that warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what we know to be true about our God and and, and His character that will hold us through those. Um, deep, deep and dark valleys yeah. of um, where we think that we're all alone. And going back to adoration and, and our public display of that, that's why we sing songs like It Is Well With My Soul. I mean, yeah. I'm just going through the lyrics right now. and We sing it. We've sang this song many times, but if we just ponder on what, what this man is writing. And he was going through uh, grief to... to um, to say the least, I mean, the loss of his children, his his uh, fortune, his, his investments. His wife and, too, right? Uh, no, his wife survived. Oh. Um, this is uh, Horatio Spafford. and But he, he has uh, the ability to write words that have it and encourage the hearts of the saints. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And then verse 2, I love this. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. So it's what we know about God um, that will hold us in those moments mm-hmm. when we're feeling mm-hmm. downcast. Yeah. So going back to adoration, it's informed truth that causes us to be in awe of God even though our hearts might not be there.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So I have a question that I've been wanting to ask you guys. So how do we show our devotion uh, to God practically? How do we show our adoration of God practically day to day? This is probably for another discussion. Yeah, since.
1: yeah I think the two things, uh, maybe in the, the uh, following podcasts on this, is, is one, that personally, how do we do that? And then two, um, we intentionally design our Sunday gathering for the adoration of God not just in song but in communion um, in the way that that we do things and so in the the next podcast uh, we'll talk about that that two things is corporately when we gather how is that the center of our function and then uh, how does that play out not just on a Sunday gathering but throughout the week